up, witches? I'm Taylor. And I'm Amber. And, and this, this is Waking Up the Witch. We're your neighborhood witches. Each week, we talk about all things witchy and connect with other humans in a storytelling format about navigating life on this floating rock. We're two curious ladies trying to understand the human experience, but while we do that, we think it's important to honor the people that lived here before us and honor the cultures and traditions that we're being inspired by. This podcast is about waking up the witch, which means we are learning and growing every day. That being said, we are always open to feedback on how we can do better. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions of waking up the witch. Now, let's go ghouls! <laughs> hey Amber. Hi Taylor. What's poppin'? Um, it's been like three weeks, I think, mm-hmm. since we've recorded. Maybe four. Maybe four. It's been a long time. The, is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like setting up. I was like, damn, I still remember how to do this. <laughs> yeah, not me. I was so nervous. I was, I mean, I think my nerves kicked in like when we were recording. Um, but I, I'm just like so fucking happy to be here. I've missed this so much. I love doing this. With this you. is a great way to like jump right back into Fuck it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, uh, we have been building up for this day since the day we started. Yes. This is the beginning of a bunch of amazing fucking guests that we have coming on that we're totally fangirling over. I have full body nipple chills. And now we're friends. <laughs> this guest has literally been like one of our top dream guests that... Yeah. You know, I don't want to say it felt unreachable, but it was one of those like scary, uh, like it's gonna we're gonna have to work up some confidence. Like <laughs> and she's <laughs> almost famous yeah. in the like whole community when it comes to spirituality and decks and like all of that and stuff. If you've been a listener, you know from the beginning or have listened back, we certainly have talked about her. Uh, art mm-hmm. and magic mm-hmm. that she puts out into the world plenty of times. We are very inspired by what she creates and have used her tools multiple times on this podcast. She was so kind and open and lovely and approachable and just amazing. I felt so inspired just listening to her and the rituals that she creates for herself each Mm -hmm. day and the compassion that she holds for herself her Mm -hmm. younger self and everyone who has been a part of her life Mm -hmm. it just felt very inspiring and touching and I totally cried at the end I think it was part of what I was talking about but also part of just this like holy shit big moment you know and I like could not hold it back it just was my throat changed, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it also was a reminder to like allow mm-hmm. and be in that moment um, and to be able to share vulnerably also just felt really good. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe this. I'm so grateful and very excited for this episode mm-hmm. and to be able to share this with our community and our listeners 
We're going to keep it a secret. Yeah, until, and we're not telling you anything else. till like two minutes from now. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll hear. We're just so excited. Um, and she has a lot of different offerings that she'll be offering. We're definitely going to do some of those yeah. in the future. And um, I'm just excited for this opportunity to make more connections and meet new people and just everything that comes with this moment and deepen our own practices Guess what too. else what this is episode 20 oh my god <laughs> yeah how perfect I don't know why I made that noise <laughs> how perfect is that though for like that wasn't a big hitter totally for... planned mm-hmm. it just magically aligned of course yeah. we know this is not a coincidence it is absolutely perfect I'm just like in this wow, blissful space right now. We'll shut up and let you guys enjoy. Fucking enjoy. Enjoy. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Waking Up the Witch. Let's just take a moment to get grounded and connected. Starting with three deep breaths together. Breathing in. And release. Breathing in once more. And release. This last breath, breathing in all the love from the universe. Hold. And release any stress or worries of the day. I'd like to call in our higher selves and our spirit teams to be here with us today. Please help in guiding us in a beautiful conversation with our guest, opening us up to new magic and new understanding of ourselves and each other in the collective Please allow for whatever is meant to come through for the highest good and the highest light for all involved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, today is very exciting. Um, If you've been listening for a while, you've certainly heard us talk about the Moon Deck several times and their blog. And we are so honored today to have our guests here, the author and creator of The Moon Deck. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Please introduce yourself. And we're just so excited. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it's so great to be on this podcast with you lovely ladies and a podcast called Waking Up the Witch. Yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes to that one. Um, So my name's Arana Leah. And uh, I am the author and co-creator and founder of The Moon Deck. And um, it's quite a journey. And I know we're going to do some storytelling. So I'll (laughs) let y'all lead that. But yeah, basically, um, I, I had the vision to do a deck for many years before it became The Moon Deck, before that idea was even there. It was just, I want to do a deck. And that was years ago. Um, I was a yoga teacher for 16 years and had a really great career with that. And um, 
during that time, I would do these, well, even before then, actually, I would use decks for my own well-being. And I, it was everything from tarot decks to like Louise Hayes affirmation decks mm-hmm. to the Osho decks to, you know, Oracle decks, all of them. Because for me, I'm a creative, visual, feeling-based woman. And those helped me to consolidate, you know, bigger ideas or bigger struggles or bigger needs for guidance into a kind of encapsulated visual card that was easier for me to digest, Mm -hmm. helped me pause, probably entertained me a bit at the time Mm -hmm. and, and um, connected me with my guides or my inner knowing, or just gave me that relief of guidance and direction. Because in so many ways, I as I'm sure like a lot of witchy ladies, we sort of raised ourselves emotionally because mm-hmm. our sensitivities just were never understood. And yeah. thankfully Whole there's more chills. link. Yes. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> thankfully, I feel like some of the women in my life who are parents now, and even just in general, if you look online and the kind of books and stuff that's out there, thankfully there's more language for yes. mm-hmm. highly sensitive mm-hmm. people. But at the time, I mean, our parents didn't know they were being abusive, but that was abusive to be like, you're so sensitive. Stop feeling this. Why are you feeling that? You can't base your everything off feelings. I was like, well, I'm fucked, screwed, whatever. Yeah, Because that's what I even built out of. So yeah. I had to kind of compartmentalize that in some ways, but it was so big that I just couldn't. It still came out. Um, so decks of cards amidst other things were very helpful. And then eventually my journey with yoga. I I studied for 10 years, um, starting at 19 before I became a teacher and I was a teacher for 16 years. So it gives you a little bit of my timeline, but, um, you look so young. You keep using (laughs) these big numbers. You're like 26 years old. Oh girl, if I knew what I knew now at 26, that would be something. (laughs) Well, whatever you're doing is really working. Great. Yeah. I so love. yeah, I, I so I, in the yoga classes, I would use decks of cards to because mm-hmm. they helped me so much. I would do mm-hmm. these big soundscape events and pass out cards to others or even paint letter uh, words on paper. And so that was the start of taking it out of my own personal kind of arsenal of tools and start to mm-hmm. share it with people and see mm-hmm. their response. And these are like men, women, all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, who are just like, oh my gosh, I needed that message. And so that started to make me be like, huh, I'd like to do that one day too. And that's kind of where the seed was planted. That's so awesome. Your deck, uh, just a fangirl for a moment Mm -hmm. is truly like one I always come back to. And I, I'm one of those deck collectors and then, you know, eventually realize I'm not using something. So I'll pass it on to someone who I feel deserves it or needs it or, you know, it's supposed to be theirs, but your deck is one that I use frequently in my own practice and as well, like with clients, I love the write-ups on them and just how there's always like a ritual to do uh, at the end of your write-up. It just gives you this opportunity to really go inward and be present with yourself and expand and grow and heal and it's just, it's so beautiful and I'm very grateful and just, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. It, mm-hmm. You did a wonderful job. The artwork is absolutely Amazing. stunning and I'm opening a shop here in Medford next week actually 
and have brought in a lot of your products and your journals. And I have taken them to, we do uh, readings at one of the local wineries here once a month. And I'll always take some products down and I always carry your products with me. And the journals are flying. Like I have oh. like two left already. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so, such great feedback. Yeah. I'm always wondering. It's like, I'm always like, is it working? Yeah, um, no, we're, actually, love them. <laughs> we're working on a new little journal, but more those are blank pages to kind of do your mm-hmm. thing that we're working on like a self-love with like a lot of really insightful prompts and kind of directions. Oh, you can have that. this whole journey. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and making it a little different. So, cause there's so much out there like that. I'm always yeah. like trying to like, like how, what other ways can we like talk about self-love because mm-hmm. it's such a powerful, important practice. And yet it's just such a watered down, like, yeah. <laughs> kind of cliche set of words that are like the industry so saturated so it's kind of like how do we find a way to say it in a new way that really touches people so it's not just part of the like fuzz or the you know absolutely fluffy yeah well you do a great job and I know the moon deck will live on for a very long time and uh your your blog also it's it's my go-to for the new moons and the full moons and I always send it out to all the friends I'm like here's what we're doing get your ritual on (laughs) So we just love love everything you do um, and just wanted to share that gratitude with you. Thank you so much. I receive that and appreciate that. It's Mm -hmm. always good to get reminders for all of us. Yeah, We have the other deck too. I am the ritual. I don't know if you have it right here. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good. Fun. fun. Yeah. That's a little, it's different, right? The moon deck, you can really just see it in a glance. The Mm -hmm. ritual deck more to read on the cards. Um, But very accessible. You don't have to buy a bunch of stuff to do oh, them. Yeah. It's for yeah. the dark cards are more shadowy practices mm-hmm. or evening. And then the light cards are more kind of lighter and brighter rituals or the morning. We yeah. like to get together yeah. on the moons and we've frequently pulled a, both a shadow and a light from the ritual deck and just take some time to journal together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we love it. It's wonderful. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome to hear. So please um, tell us your waking up story. Start from the beginning of your childhood and, you know, when you really started to understand your sensitivities or know that, you know, they were being present in your life, sharing any wisdom and stories that came across as you grew up to become who you are today. Yeah, well, um, I think probably like you and many people listening and not everyone. Some people have sort of a, a whole life flip and then have an awakening for me. It Mm -hmm. just feels like it's, it's kind of just been steadily progressing since I was a a child. There wasn't this like moment. Um, I mean, there's been many moments Mm -hmm. of like sort of these rebirth moments, but that kind of sensitivity tapped in connecting with like the unseen realm, um, probably messing with some things that I shouldn't have and kind of learning my way through all of that Mm kind of like really just fascinated with all of it was very, very young. I would say, um, I would, I mean, it kind of is all like woven together because I would say like life for me at four years old was, there was a lot of challenge already. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like at that time, I was kind of tapped into my imagination in a certain way. I was tapped into like sort of my own made up ways of praying and connecting and, you know, and just, I think sometimes people 
toss sayings around of like, and maybe it's changing nowadays, but it's like, oh, those are like coping mechanisms or, oh, mm-hmm. that's just your imagination. But I think mm-hmm. challenge and trauma and uncertainty, especially at a young age when our nervous systems are developing, sure, it might be a coping mechanism or it might be our imagination, but what it actually is, is this portal to have access to some of our greatest gifts and sensitivities because we have to out of survival or or we just don't know better. We're kids and we're just like, okay, let me like, this feels right. This feels protective. This feels like mm-hmm. at least this feels certain. At least this feels tangible and everything else is out of control. Oh, so I feel like at that, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's, it's got so chills real. too. Yeah. Sorry yeah. And I don't think, I think co- it's fine. I, I think like coping and I'm like air quotes around coping or imagination. It's like, there's, I think there's a gift in that. And I think it's, you know, like all of us can turn our mess and our grit into our gifts and into our magic. And we hear those sayings a lot, but you know, or we don't, and it kind of kills us. Right. So it's like, we have Mm -hmm. to go into that and and harvest um, the gifts from those difficult times. And and in some ways, I still feel like my younger self, like I, I've um, been really into EMDR therapy. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's great. And it's helped me kind of go back into these like signature ages in my life that like, like definitely four years old was a big one for me, probably before then, but that was a big one, um, like between seven and nine. And then I have like a super pissed off, like 14 year old. <laughs> I like connect. I was like, oh, that's when my rage started. It was like 13, 14. And I'll go into all that, but kind of like seeing these parts of me with a lot more compassion has been very helpful. And to see like, oh, these are when these like gifts either Mm. expanded and gave me access to them or they got muffled and quieted and shamed. Mm -hmm. And so I would say four was maybe like when I felt tapped in kind of to like, just like where my senses were heightened. And then I would say like, between uh, like four or five. And then I would say like, when I really started to like, work with it, I would is probably, um, gosh, my age timeline is such a blur. (laughs) I mean, really like 10 to 14, I would say where I was actually like, making up my own languages out of Mm -hmm. like, when I felt like I needed protection and being like really into cemeteries and Ouija boards, which is like, probably maybe I shouldn't have been messing with that. But I just like wanted it. I was like, haunted house, sign me up. But then I but then I would also want to like sleep at my friend's house who went to church on Sundays. And I was Mm -hmm. raised like Judaism was the most consistent with my father, they split when I was four, and it was pretty volatile. And, uh, but I like Judaism was most consistent Then my mom was raised Jehovah Witness, but became a Buddhist. So I'd go to Buddhist meetings with her, but then we'd wow. celebrate Christmas because we only got to see her <laughs> summer, Christmas and Easter. So it was like a thing to do. So I kind of was all of it. And then, and then I had my own kind of magical spirituality amidst all of that. So that's kind of a little bit of the timeline. Um, so but I'd say I when I was, question. Yeah. when you were about four, like, what do you, like, what, when you think about that time, like, what do you feel like you were tapped in? Were you having, like, were you talking with spirit? Were you, like, seeing other spirits and things? Like, what about that time is, like, significant that you do remember? I would say from what I remember, I'm sure there's more than I remember, but I would say from what I remember, like, four to six, feeling like 
I feel like I prayed at that time. I feel like I mm-hmm. believed I could like speak tongues or like, I didn't even know what it was. I just mm-hmm. made up my own languages and mm-hmm. felt like this is the language that like only God will understand or mm-hmm. only my angels will understand. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, nobody really taught me that. Like maybe I heard it along the way. My mom passed five years ago. And mm-hmm. even though she struggled a lot in her life, she was an addict and mm-hmm. had bipolar and they split when I was four and like I kind of had like two very extreme worlds with my different mm-hmm. homes. She was still like the mystical one for sure. And, and always nurtured that part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was pretty young, she was very open about like working with her rune stones. And like at nine, I had a crazy experience with my great grandfather who had, he has native blood on my mom's side and he had died when I was nine months. And I came home from camp and like had this whole experience with his spirit and told my mom and she's like, yeah, of course. So I'd say at a young age, that was very much strengthened by her, even amidst Mm -hmm. the chaos. But yeah, at four to six, I'd say kind of praying in my own way, um, feeling like I had healing powers. Like if someone had a headache, I'd put my hands on their head (laughs) and I would imagine like pulling out the red electricity and then putting in white Mm -hmm. electricity. Like I had this whole thing. I I think this came from some movie or cartoon. I have no idea where it came from, I think. But I like used to think I could walk through mirrors. I was like, I know oh, if I just yes. crack the code, I can walk through the mirror into this magical land. So just like this like very active imagination was part of that as well. Yeah. That's so and then beautiful. just the sensitivity. Yeah, the sensitivity and, and kind of um, uh, navigating that and being like pretty empathic as at a young age as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, experiencing so many different things and being able to feel that is pretty intense, especially at a young age. Did you have support then from your parents in in that aspect? You did mention earlier about being told you were too sensitive and, you know, having that poisoned on you. What was that like growing up as a little baby empath? Yeah. I um I mean, I definitely had some support, like in a lot of ways, I had a super crazy upbringing in other ways, like there were important anchors in my family, like my, you know, the consistency of my father. And even though my mom like struggled, like the love was always clear that, Mm. you know, there was definitely like a lot of love. Thankfully, I have an older brother who I'm extremely close to, who's been, he's kind of like a, a, my actual brother, but we have a very, um, you know, align spiritual mm. connection mm-hmm. in the world and um, what we've gone through. Uh, as far as that, when I was younger, though, no, I think like with the things I was going through, um, I don't want to like casually rattle them off, but like I was molested mm. as a child. My parents, yeah. my parents, it was by a babysitter. My parents were just so, and they were young, you know, yeah. it's like now that I'm an adult, I can have so much more compassion that like totally. everyone's doing the best they could. Yeah. They're carrying their bullshit from their parents. They carried mm-hmm. their bullshit from their parents, you know, mm-hmm. like we can see that now. But as I move through my own healing around resentments, bitterness, my own anger from all of that, I can accept that, but that doesn't mean we don't still tend to those signature mm-hmm. parts of us that that kind of got frozen in time that need to be integrated into the woman we are today. Mm-hmm. And so I do wish I had more support, like instead of being told that I was being too sensitive to understand that I was this child who was going through divorced parents that was super volatile. My mom was kind of like not stable at all. Um, 
my dad was probably building his security. My stepmom came into my life who's they're still married when I was six. And so it was this new figure in the house that was mm. um, tense in different ways. And then like the babysitter thing. And then when I was 13 or 14, I became bulimic for 10 years. Mm. So mm-hmm. all of my energies were trying to find these like outlets and there was not a lot of support there. And yeah. my dad and my mom, they were like very extreme opposite ways of handling it. Like my mom was like, Oh God, I can't believe I passed this on to you. Oh, and then my yeah. dad's like, pull it together. You know? So it was like these like two extreme, oh <laughs> like two extreme like things. So I navigating that I ended up having a lot of like fragmented voices and beliefs and mm-hmm ways of dealing with all that because there was so much of that around me and then learning as I said EMDR has helped um, different kinds of medicines have helped I mean daily practices help just growing and facing my shit has helped where those parts of me can start to be integrated Mm -hmm. so that so that I can start to better discern truth from trigger when it comes to my own relationship to life and my intuition and then be brave enough and to own that when you know, it's to like face our shit and not be afraid of that. So yeah, I wish I had more support. I think I had like the fundamental support of like, I I definitely had a lot of good in my life and Mm -hmm. had a lot more support than many people in my life. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And that probably was very much a saving grace in a lot of ways. And, um, but I, I, I would love it if like that part of me had been I guess, groomed and allowed and understood more, that would have probably been, that probably would have saved me a lot of suffering and and just me then understanding, having the innate tools in me to handle some things instead of like, you know, treading water, trying to figure it out myself (laughs) the whole time. But that's also where some of our gifts come. That's what I was going to say. Do you think you would even be the kind of like healer that you are today if you didn't have to go through those things and like learn to heal yourself you know no I don't think the moon deck would be here the moon yeah. deck is definitely here because of that um like my mom's in it my my own like my I feel like when I wrote the moon deck um I remember this because it was after because of being a yoga student and teacher for so long and then I was a holistic health counselor like I I was really looking for a solution through all of that journey, like mm-hmm. getting into holistic health, traveling around the world, going to India. I was a photographer shooting these big festivals, like at these spiritual mm-hmm. festivals, and then became a yoga teacher. All of that was because I was so desperate for my own healing. And then mm-hmm. through that being a student, I eventually became a teacher, but I never stopped being a student. And so the moon deck, when I wrote that, it was a combination of channeling mixed with like just going through all my journals of like whether I was preparing as a teacher to teach or taking notes as a student, um, downloads that I had, my own healing journey and processing. So I went through a lot of journals for that. And then I would research anything I was stuck on. And through all of that in the more channeling moments, I would literally have these like voices come through that was like speaking to these younger versions of myself that like really needed that compassion, understanding and embrace. And so the deck does speak, I think, to these tender parts of ourself where there's permission to be all of it, all of it's allowed, like we can love ourselves through thick and thin um, and start to heal any parts of us that loathe 
or even hate ourselves or have shame um, and to like start to change and heal and transform our inner dialogue so that we have a more loving and productive conversation with ourselves on the inside and ideally like catch when we're shit talking ourselves or talking down to ourselves or judging ourselves and not like beating ourselves up or tearing ourselves apart and starting to change the dialogue, change the language. And that's why we say on the moon deck cards to repeat the mantras Mm -hmm. three times in a row. So I do think to answer that question is like, yes, like the moon deck is here because I needed something to help my mindset and my emotional health and my inner dialogue and to speak to these younger versions of myself that still longed for that love and connection and understanding. You literally healed yourself. <laughs> I'm so still working incredible. on it. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, we're working. always healing. <laughs> I really believe that is the point of being human on this earth. You know, we're always healing and growing and expanding. Um, but it's like how powerful just to hear, you know, all that you've been through and to have been able to to not just use these tools that other people are creating, but to literally connect, like take that opportunity to connect with yourself, connect to your higher self, connect to your spirit guides and allow for these messages to flow through you and then bless the rest of us with that magic as well. I just so many chills and happy tears in my eyes. And I'm so happy that you're here and that you've created such an incredible tool out of, you know, heartache and life <laughs> happenings. And with that sensitivity, something I really teach in the intuitive oracle or any kind of workshops or like, you know, led experience is like because I've worked with so many women from so many walks of life and and like from like spiritual to religious to everything in between to just getting into the, like can I use the moon deck? Is it okay if they're coming from a certain religious background? Mm-hmm. And like for in general, when it comes to our sensitivity, another piece of this healing journey is that we're not overwhelmed by our sensitivity anymore. And we're not like, like, oh, the world's just so intense. I'm just taking on everything. And that's like, okay, yeah, that's, we need to stop that and then look at that and say, okay, that doesn't mean that your sensitivity is bad. It means you have no boundaries in place. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and boundaries are really important for like sensitive beings, not because we're weak and fragile, but because like, we can't just let everything in. We have to be able to discern, especially in today's world, like what's legit, what's not, what's aligned for us, what's not. And if we're feeling that, that's a sign that we need to have boundaries, whether that's with how much media we're allowing in or like whether it's energetic, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional boundaries, whether those are boundaries with ourself and Mm -hmm. stop overstepping Mm -hmm. our own promises to Mm ourselves, or setting boundaries with others in our life, knowing that if we're setting a boundary with somebody and it's like, we can even bring this into the conversation. It's not like, it's not meant to be insulting, right? It's actually, I set this boundary with you because I care enough about Mm -hmm. this relationship to keep it in my life Mm -hmm. versus just clipping it. Right. And so really taking care of our, our mental and emotional well-being until we feel fortified enough that we can come out again. So as some people come into this journey especially if they've been kind of, you know, out of it for a long time, or if it's new to them or something they're rediscovering, it's okay to keep it really close and personal mm-hmm. and private mm-hmm. until that confidence yeah. and that inner knowing is there that even if, if they want to share it, they don't have to, right? Some of us are going to be quiet 
with our work in the world. Some of us will be big mm -hmm. and bold. All of it's needed. And so that there's that permission to like keep it really close and quiet, whatever background they come from or family they're in, if that's needed to keep it safe until it's so deeply woven into their being that it's just naturally comes out in a way that feels safe and at home. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you since you've worked with so many different women in this healing space. Why do we, I kind of feel like I know the answer, but to <laughs> you, why do you think that more women or people that identify as women do more of the self work and the healing and like putting in the footwork than maybe men or people that identify as men? It's a great question. What's your answer that you think you have? I'm curious. Um, kind of like the toxic masculinity whole portion of it that you're not allowed to actually feel your feelings. Therefore, why would you investigate what you're feeling any deeper mm. if, if you had a feeling because that's considered weak and not manly? Maybe. Yeah. I, I bet that's true. Um, I feel like there's not one answer for any of this mm -hmm. and there's so many variables at play per person. Like we're so layered and multifaceted. Um, I feel that, I mean, I, like I said, I've been in the yoga holistic wellness mm -hmm. realm for a very long time. It's always been more women. I'm like, men come to these yoga yes. retreats. There's so <laughs> many like amazing single women. Um, and yes. <laughs> like, like two guys and like all these girls and even, in, even in classes, I mean, that's changing a bit more and more, but, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I think there's something in, I think humans are intuitive, but I do think it's part of women's mm. makeup yeah. that we're just a bit more connected to the elements yeah. where we're, I mean, think of the polarity of the elements. Like it's just like, it's, it's, it's so healing and calm. And then it can just be so disruptive and explosive. And like women have that spectrum. Women have that range. Goddess isn't just this like floating being with a long dress <laughs> and like, like, you know, sparkly all the time. Like there's also Kali and mm -hmm. every goddess in between. Mm -hmm. And so I think because of that range and that spectrum, that is such a part of our like womanhood and cycles of life, mm -hmm. like whether that's like hormones or changes in life for a woman, or there's just, we are so much a part of nature. We're seasonal, we're cyclical. We change like the moon, we're full, we're dark, we're waning, we're waxing. So I just think we're built in such a way that our, our system and our being like, anatomically, spiritually, all of it is actually fluctuates so similar to Very nature complex. that we're just, and we're, yeah, <laughs> and we're intrinsically closer to nature as a result. And I, I forget exactly what this was, but when you asked that question, it made me think of a long time ago when I was a student of yoga purely and, and studying with a teacher, he was saying how, because if you look back on some of the ancient, like, you know, or more old school traditional spiritual practices, a lot of the teachers are men, a lot of the like great babas are men and the, you know, and so he, he, I remember him saying something along the lines, I might be getting it off a little bit, that women are actually m m closer to God, like more naturally closer to nature, more naturally closer to God, but they don't always have the courage or I don't know if you use the word courage, but it might be the courage or the stamina or even the ability, because they're also tending to the community, mm -hmm. tending to the home, to just throw themselves into a dry desert and be like, God, take me. Whereas mm -hmm. men had that kind of ability to be like, I'm just, screw it. I'm just throwing myself into the <laughs> desert and letting God lead me. And so 
that's partly why in his story, I don't have any quotes on this, but this teacher that told this story, that's why so many more men have sort of launched themselves you know, when you look in history into those journeys spiritually because they could mm. um, and because they had the that masculine to be like, screw it, I'm going for it. Whereas women had that deeper connection by nature, but didn't always necessarily just throw themselves into the desert. So I just thought that was like an interesting conversation to like think about. But yeah. I think there's so many different variables. Also, when you look at yeah. different cultures and timelines, yeah. there are some areas where women are definitely the spiritual leaders. So I don't know. I think it's really mixed. But I think that women um, just care about their health more you know and it, and even if that starts from a vain place at first like to me I'm like whatever yeah. gets you there you know but I think like <laughs> maybe it starts with our bodies at a young age and then suddenly our hearts start to open and our spirits start mm -hmm. to get more curious so yeah, I, I think feel it's like everything for me personally it's just I've been intuitively guided to these deeper healings or situations that arise and then I'm in it you know it's not necessarily fully choosing even oh it's snowing it's like blizzarding wow <laughs> sorry oh yeah it's been snowing in santa fe too uh, but it's, it's so letting it, right now it's sunny it's like a snow globe right now how yeah. beautiful <laughs> um so we are getting to a good place where we would love to hear about what is currently going on in your world um we know that you have a beautiful workshop coming up if you would like to tell us and our listeners all about it that would be awesome uh yeah well i have um a training so it's a 10-week oh, course <laughs> yeah well i do have some new moon circles happening each month oh, um okay. i go through i, I kind of ebb and flow that's you're all welcome to join yeah, it's um march 20th so this this one will be um uh, the first new moon in Aries, which is the beginning of the astrological new year and a spring and equinox spring. and then in the northern hemisphere. Um, and then the following one will be a second Aries new moon, which doesn't happen often and a, a full eclipse. So the next couple new moons are powerful. So I'll be leading mm. those. And they, th there's always a different theme in those based on the energies. Um, we do a lot of writing, a lot of kind of activations and meditations. And then the 10 week course is a uh, called intuitive Oracle and it's where you be learn to become a fluent Oracle reader of the moon deck for yourself and for others. If you want to take it there, you also are learning to develop and strengthen your intuition, boost your confidence in your gifts, kind of like stop doubting our gifts, stop doubting our sensitivities and really see them as an asset instead of a hindrance. Um, and then bringing ritual into our life, ritualizing mm -hmm. our emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, and being in a community of other women who get it. And so the, the moon deck is kind of like the, the portal, like you are going to learn to use that. But what the real magic is that you're living the themes and the messages and the medicine and the insights of each card in your actual life. So we batch it. You're learning four to seven cards per module. And each module has a theme and there's three videos per module. So the first one is just kind of going through the theme. We light a candle, we work with the flame and then we meditate. The second video is like all the rituals, activations, like writing, symbolism, everything, all the, all the juicy magic stuff. And then the third video, we go into studying the cards. 
And then eventually you're giving readings and learning about bridges and threads and how to weave the cards together in a bigger reading. Um, and you'll get a moon deck. So yeah, I used to do them live and now it's part self-guided, part mentored by me so that people can move at their own pace. Um, so yeah, so that's the training, Intuitive Oracle. This will be, it starts on March 16th. The doors open and it'll be for 10 weeks where awesome. we're gonna go in all the way and just like, yeah, it's, it's one of those, I think, I'm sure you all have done immersions before. I've invested a lot in myself over the years from all the different ways I've been a teacher. Um, I'm always improving myself. I deeply believe in personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I need support. I need a community. I need teachers. I need guides because it helps me. And it also gives me so much inspiration to pull from to then create into. Mm. Um, so yeah, so this is the more you give it, the more you get. So what does that yeah. look like for the groups? Are you in like a Facebook group? Are you have like a different portal? Like how is everyone connecting and communicating and all of that? So we've moved, uh, we used one of the trainings were all live. We do it live on zoom and then go into Facebook. Now we scratch that. You still get some live zooms with me outside of the recordings, but, um, everything's going into mighty Networks. So we have our own app. I don't, so mighty networks is like, basically it's private. So it's a member's app and only the people that have signed up are in there. And then, um, and then each Thursday, a module drops with all the content and materials. And then there's two reflection weeks with no modules, just people can like catch mm-hmm. up, integrate, review, reset, integrate, all that stuff. That's so, great. and then um, sometimes I'll bring guest teachers. I have a, a credible friend, Nixie, who's a Feng Shui master. So she'll come and teach a, a class. So we'll have guest teachers mm-hmm. come in and then I'll do live kind of masterminds outside of the, um, the you know, weekly content. And then I'm in the app dropping prompts and answering questions and, and like mentoring people that way as well. So it's pretty juicy. It's like, it's keep shaping and forming each time. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. And, and yeah, we'll see what comes next. I definitely, um, you know, through all of this magical touch and human talk and stuff, like I'm also a business owner and I, I've just been, we've been in business seven years and it's, you know, has really forced a whole other side of me to come forward. And it's mm-hmm. been like quite a couple of years of restructuring and making space for what's coming next and getting um, just like real and raw with myself again and with my mission mm-hmm. and with like who I am now as I evolve from the foundation that I've built. And I'm kind of like in the, in the, like, I'd say I'm past the like, super messy middle, but <laughs> kind of coming out of that <laughs> into the next iteration. Yeah. How exciting. Were you like someone that was consistently journaling before? Did you consider yourself an author ever before you decided to do the moon deck? And how long did it take you um, from like idea to creation? Yeah. So kind of going back to the earlier chat when I said I used decks and then I would use them in classes that was in, well, it, so we, we created the deck. Like I held the vision probably from like probably several years until 24, maybe like 2011 or 2012. And then mm-hmm. 2014 to 2016, we created it. And so I was in a, um, I lived in New York for a long time. We had a new moon circle of like 13 women, like for almost a couple years. And so that circle 
I was doing a lot of women's work at the time, even as a yoga teacher, women's retreats. I would like host women's marketplaces. So all of that, I think, started to kind of shape the flavor of what direction the deck was going to go. Because before that, I just wanted a deck with like really inspiring, you know, one-liners on it. I didn't know where, just from all my studies, all my healing, my life journey. So that women's circle and the women's work I was doing started to shape it, started to bring in this woman-focused concept, the moon, the rituals. And then in 2014, I uh, invited um, Andy, who's the illustrator, um, to join in creating it. And then eventually my friend Ashley came in to help with like marketing and editing and overall uh, cohesiveness. Mm -hmm. And then, so it took us two years to make it. And then in 2016, um, we launched a crowdfunding campaign, like a pre-order. And that actually raised us $50,000, which is what put us into business. Like I did not expect the moon deck to grow legs. I didn't know it was going to be a business. I was just a yoga teacher at the time, like running a one woman show. And I just (laughs) knew I needed to create it. And it was just like this current moving through me, but I had no idea where it would go. And so, yes, I did do a lot of writing before that tons of journaling. Like I have like a bin of journals. Um, I always considered myself an artist. I went to art school and studied photography and mixed media arts and then taught and even brought that creativity into my classes with music and installations. So that was always there. But I would say since launching the deck, I think it's bittersweet. In some ways, I'm more of a writer, right? And, And because of that, and it's like so much of what I do, I write a lot of our copy in our marketing and it's like in the business side of things. And then I do a lot of poetry and I'm working on some new ideas for my next launches. But now because I'm in the thick of it, it's like I'm producing all the time. So I really have to make that space. And I just led a moon circle called mystic poet, where it was really about not producing, not sharing it, not making it for Instagram, not making it for your business because the creative process in my belief is really about just dumping it out, no Mm -hmm. editing, no judgment, no filtering, just get it all out. And I learned that in art school too. Mm -hmm. You just get it out. And then, and then you have to sacrifice some of your favorite parts to make it all work. And so you dump it out and then you go in and you distill it and you pluck out the jewels and the gems and the treasures Mm -hmm. and you bring it together. So it's most impactful, even if it means you have to let go of some of the parts you kind of loved, but they Mm -hmm. just don't flow Mm -hmm. with their whole. So that was a journey. And so for me now being in New Mexico has been helping I'm just craving to like paint again and write poetry for the sake of it. And like, let this part of me, my feminine, my, my inner mystic to come forward because I am in my masculine a lot as a business owner. Mm -hmm. And it's been a very, um, like, you know, trying to use the word intense less often intense few years, but it's been a very, it's been a few years of some growth. And, um, and so I'm wanting to kind of like, bring this other side of me, which she's spontaneous. She like taps into the elements and mysticism. She loves poetry and art. Like she trusts and believes. Trying Um, to soften a little. mm -hmm. Softening. Exactly. Softening and learning how to do that while running a business in the world today is is definitely um, a balancing act, but it's needed. You know, I think it's needed and I think there's a way to do it that stays in integrity with our hearts and our spirits and helps to like give a voice and advocate for all the things we're talking about. And the more and more I do that, the more I realize there's a lot of us out there and, mm-hmm. and you can thrive as a business in that. And, um, and to, to just maintain the foundation of why you started it in the first place and why you were motivated to share these gifts 
and to keep coming back to that however you need to. So another question. Um, have you noticed like someone that's been in the healing space and like teaching people for a long time that since COVID you're noticing a lot more people like interested in self-care and self-healing and the spiritual side of things and even like crystals and connecting and all that stuff? Um, I would say so. I think because I've been in it for so long, I don't know if I can, I have that ability to, it would probably be a good study for me. Um, I think it's grown so, so, so much. There's so I, many I would, people. I would say, yeah, I would say the market saturation, I'm going to talk like in business terms now. <laughs> I have definitely, I have definitely seen that it's, it's super saturated from when I started totally. it. Like when the moon deck launched, I think, I think it's a beautiful deck. I know it's touched a lot of people around the world, a lot of women, uh, probably a lot of the men who are with those women. Mm -hmm. um, and it was definitely an early time of like these kind of higher end indie decks. And the only reason they're higher end is because like we're self-published doing it ourselves. We're not mm -hmm. with some big corporation. Yeah. And I would say, you know, the Chris Kranz kind of set of decks and the Wild Unknown, I think really mm -hmm. helped in some ways amidst others to lay the groundwork for a lot of decks to be mm -hmm. out there, um, including us. And I think that then we also helped pioneer um, the space for a lot more decks to come out. So there is a lot more saturation out there now, um, which is a great thing. It's kind of like on one hand, it's what we want, right? We want mm -hmm. it to become normalized. Mm -hmm. um, and we still want to stand out because I know that the moon deck is different than other Oracle decks out there. And mm -hmm. the testimonials we've gotten are just like unbelievable, like just mm -hmm. such heart well overwhelming like beautiful testimonies of how it's helped them or their daughter or their relationship with someone or their own healing journey and struggles with eating disorders or they lost the connection to their spirituality or they don't know how to regulate themselves emotionally or they just need a tool to bridge them into a deeper practice um it's really endless so yeah but yeah i do think it's way saturated and i think the is awesome as that is because we want these things out there we want them to touch people then there's always that sh and if the same thing happened in yoga the same thing happens in yeah, every yeah. industry it just starts yeah. to get watered down and you lose the source of like like back in my day of teaching you had to earn your right just to sub it was like an honor to sub your teacher's class yeah. <laughs> you know like like that doesn't i don't think that's really happening much for, you know probably some studios so yeah i think that like to keep that integrity of like you do have to earn it in some ways. You do have to work for it. Like it, it it's like, I don't want to like whitewash and greenwash and like all these mm -hmm. like teachings and that they really come from something real. Mm -hmm. And hopefully people go deeper with it and not just scratch the surface and have a pretty crystal on their table, but actually yeah. know where it's coming from. Yeah. And absolutely. like, so important. you know, which is harder and harder these days to mm -hmm. find consciously sourced crystals. Cause there's mm -hmm. like a whole dark industry behind that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important. We try to do that with the moon deck as best as possible to really source it in a way that is that like, I'm, I don't want to sell anything that I wouldn't use yeah. myself or buy myself. Mm -hmm. So I think within the, con the, the saturation and the trend, like, thank goodness it's reaching more people because you never know what gateway that will open for that individual. And we also have to be more discerning as a result and, 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 and like, pay attention to what feels on or off for our, mm -hmm. our sensitivity or our being. 
Yeah, I mean, there's so much shady stuff in the spiritual community. So just mm-hmm. like being aware, yeah. trusting your gut, knowing where things are coming from and like choosing what aligns with you. It's totally. all super important. Um, exactly. So, and sometimes we need to experiment to get there. Yeah, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Um, the moon circles, um, what do those look like with you? Uh, those are on Zoom. I, I do do mm-hmm. some live stuff. I'm going to be doing a couple live things here in Santa Fe. I miss the live. Um, but, you know, it, it, we were actually moving more digital with teaching before COVID hit, and then it kind of just accelerated it. Um, mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll do the live ones. That's going to look a little different. But as of now, what's available, unless you're purposely coming to me for a live experience, is is I'll be on Zoom. Ideally, your camera's on so I can see your face. It's not an absolute necessary. You do get the replay if you can't make it or you want to review it because the two days before and after any new moon is is still pretty potent. Um, And then we come and usually when you arrive, there's just music playing. We're kind of settling in. And I always started off by lighting a candle and have a little prayer that I say to the flame. It's a practice I do every morning at my altar, even if I only have like two minutes that morning mm-hmm. um, to light the flame and just say, may the, and it changes a little bit. I riff depending on the day, mm-hmm. but the sort of spirit of it is as I'm lighting the flame that I'm present, I'm intentional. And we're saying, may the bright light and warmth of this flame guide my thoughts, my words, my actions, and my perceptions mm-hmm. today. And then we can add to that anything. May, may the confidence or the fire or whatever, like light me today, like whatever you want to add to that. So we'll start the yeah. circle with that. Everyone has a candle on the screen. If they have one, if they don't have a candle, I just invite them to imagine the flame within. And then we go into um, typically a meditation that can be very somatic, very visual, um, very anchoring depending on what the theme for that circle is, I'll weave in those themes into the meditation. Um, There's a lot of writing. Like, I'm just like, fine. If if someone gets a download, they just write, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's windows of writing as well. I'll usually do a little group forecast oracle reading with the cards. Um, And then like the last one I said, it was a lot of writing was poetry. People did share their poetry. Um, And then... And that was inspired by a a group of women that I was in a poetry group for the two years of COVID where we would meet every Friday morning on Zoom Mm -hmm. at like 7 a.m. And we would rotate who leads it. So that that workshop I just did was inspired by that. Um, And yeah, like the next one's going to be all about dream weaving. So this is going to be really going into like the, the, the main containers of our life and like really crafting what we want and kind of getting it out. And then the second circle in April they can be taken apart, but I'm encouraging people to get both together. The second one, because it's the second new moon in Aries, will be about light, loving our shadow. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cast the dreams, dream weave, and then go into like loving the shadow and clearing any debris and seeing the truth instead of the lies around like our our wow. stuff there. And then start to like use that towards our dream weaving. So oh, that's that's kind yeah, of we're in it. We'll be there. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, please come announce your podcast there. I'm happy yeah. to like let you guys Thank share it with you. people. So Amazing. yeah, so they, it's always different. But I would say in a nutshell, it's like coming together through flame, introduction, um, a little bit of a little talk, meditation, dropping into our bodies, um, lots and lots of writing based on the theme with some music to inspire the background and a little oracle reading. And then depending on that container, sometimes people share, there's always like people sharing in the chat, but if I bring them up, it just depends on that circle and what the energy, like the last one, it 
felt good to have everyone share um, Mm -hmm. one of the poems they wrote. How wonderful. Is there any other magical things that you do that you wish to share before we start to wrap things up with you? Oh, um, well, just running the biz, as I said, (laughs) creating more things. I I am working on some new projects that I'm excited about. Um, As I said earlier, I'm in this kind of, I had a lot of things that I was starting to move forward and it just was like, just pulled everything Mm -hmm. back. And I'm like, I I can't create from the state of urgency. I can't create Mm -hmm. from this, like, Mm -hmm. like I have to do the next thing because I have to keep the things going, you know, and just kind of pulling back and getting um, really honest and clear with myself about who I am now and what I want to share now and what Mm -hmm. feels really raw and real and authentic to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So some projects will be coming through that portal soon. Mm -hmm. We've talked about I Am The Ritual deck, which is a great 33-card deck. And I've just been thinking a lot about, like, how to like be at peace with things exactly as they are, even when we want things to be better, because Mm -hmm. I just think we cause so much of our own suffering because we just don't accept our circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not working on a project per se with that, Mm -hmm. but that's a very personal and very alive practice right now for me, because how I've been doing it with all the changes that happened in my life and in my business doesn't feel good anymore and isn't working anymore. Mm -hmm. And this, what I do is in service to so many people, but I can't forget myself in that. And, Mm -hmm. and so I've been kind of just coming back to that reality of like, if this is what it means to do this, I'm not doing it. So I either need to change it or like burn it all down, you know, so in those those tricky (laughs) days, so like I've had moments where I'm just like, push, you know, like, let's like burn it all down. So I don't want to do that, you know, but yeah, I'm just working on like reevaluating what it all means to me and finding like a way to say it that feels exciting and inspiring and real mm-hmm. and getting out of my old story because like mm. I don't need to like I want to keep telling the story and share here with you guys and and all that stuff. It's a part of my life. It's a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. But I just want to like start to feel more at home in a new story yeah. that doesn't keep putting the trauma on a on like a, a like like it's a trophy or yeah. the the limiting beliefs as like this is the way and I'm like protecting this part because I, I just like such a fierce protector around so much that we talked about lives in me that I'm just like no this is real like I'm here as an advocate for the unseen I'm here as an advocate for the sensitive being I'm here as an advocate for emotional mental spiritual health and no one's mm-hmm. going to take it away from me and it was this like very fierce energy because I had to have it mm-hmm. and so I still want that conviction I just want softer and more, I want to start to feel more at home and joy because Mm. my healing journey has been kind of shadowy and serious. And like, even just the times that I developed as a teacher was a very serious time in like the yoga world and stuff. So I just want to now let the healing be like, huh, can I feel at home in happiness? Can I feel at home in joy? Can I, Mm -hmm. can I look at a photo of myself truly happy and not feel awkward about that and actually feel like, Mm. yes, I want more of that. Cause that was something I, went through from childhood also and like kind of being so empathic with my mom and feeling like if I'm really happy that I'm leaving her behind. So like, mm-hmm. maybe like I need to identify with her sadness. Yeah. And so that I'm sure people can relate to as well. So that's something Absolutely. that's very alive for me right now is like shifting that and training myself to like speak within myself or into the world mm-hmm. in a more empowered way while still staying 
raw and and authentic because like I want that depth and vulnerability still in my life. So that's that. And then just thinking about what is a modern mystic today and like mm-hmm. how do we how do we like change the story about like the woo woo woman or the sensitive woman and like we're actually women who see and feel in a way that most people might not see and feel or have access to it. And that's all that it is. And there's lots of us out there and there is mm-hmm. a path and like the world needs that special spark now more yeah. than ever. And like whatever like little crunchy feeling we get in our chest or our throat or our belly about speaking our voice and living our gifts, like it's time to come to break mm-hmm. through that in a way that feels in a pace that feels safe and appropriate for the individual um, and that we don't have to do it alone and that it is time to rewrite the story and like mm. whether or not it happens in our lifetime, <laughs> it might yeah. not happen in our lifetime. Right. Yeah. But we can leave a, we can leave a legacy through the creations and yeah. like hopefully it happens in our lifetime, but I, I don't, I don't really believe it will. Um, I think we'll see pieces of it, but I just don't believe we will, but that doesn't mean we can't still contribute to a story unfolding that can yeah. be told. Today. Just making me think like all of your healing and growth is just like, the beginning of the future's healing and growth and so we all owe it to the future people and generations to do the work on ourselves so that we have like paved the way in some sort of way I guess exactly like our ancestors have and I think part of like the work is just like how are we speaking to ourselves internally and are we forgiving ourselves and are we releasing resentments towards our, like I I'm big on clearing resentments towards people in my life. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really, really important work, but also about ourselves. Are we forgiving ourselves and are we loving ourselves genuinely through thick and thin and just imagine a planet where everyone actually loved themselves and accepted themselves and like weren't acting out from this like wound mentality yeah. constantly. Yeah. So I think that self-love is, I'm still learning it. I still have yeah. days where I'm in, I'm in, I'm struggling with that, you know, mm-hmm. or old patterns coming up. And it's just like, I really, really want to like hack that for myself. I'm just like, what is it that's going to bring me that into that every single day? And it, it's just, it's the small little practices. It doesn't have to be this five hour ceremony under the oh, full yeah. moon. It can be just like the day to day, the most mundane moments and, and really being present in those moments and loving ourselves and cutting ourselves some slack and noticing the judgmental thoughts and shifting it, catching it and pivoting. And then starting to like a- apply that to the people we're closest to, because those are the, probably the people that mm. mm-hmm. get the gunk sometimes and starting yeah. to like shift how we speak to ourselves and how we show up for others and being brave and looking at where our wounds are running our lives and starting to really shift it. And that could be like hugging a tree. It could get therapy. It could be at the moon deck. There's so many ways. Mm -hmm. There's so many tools. And so the last thing I'll say about that is that if we look at rituals in our life and let's call, let's just use the word rituals for simplicity, but it could be habits, patterns, whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like whether it's something mundane, like waking up in the morning and making your bed to help the energy of your space flow and to get yourself out of bed if you're having a rough day or stirring your intentions into your tea or coffee to like lighting a candle or speaking to the elements, like from the mundane to the mystical, all of these rituals come together and they're like threads. Mm -hmm. And, and some, some rituals are daily practices. Some are weekly, some are monthly, some are seasonal and some are annual. Maybe once a year, you have to go on a personal pilgrimage. Maybe once a month you celebrate the new moon, maybe every season you clear your space and build a new altar, whatever it is. And so, and then every day is like the brushing the teeth, the praying, the, 
you know, making your bed, the lighting a candle, whatever it is, anything that all of those act as threads and these threads weave together to form a net. And that net is what supports us. It catches us. It's like putting savings into your savings account. Just keep doing that every single day. What are your non-negotiables? What are, you know, you'll have your experimental Mm -hmm. stuff that you're working with, your non-negotiables, and then new things that come into your life. And these are threads and they, it doesn't mean one thread can't unravel. Of course it can. You can change a ritual anytime, but you have those other threads in place. And then that net truly becomes a net for your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. And so just find what your non-negotiables are. Even if you only have three minutes a day, three minutes done every single day over the course of 30 days adds up to a lot of minutes. You're strengthening your muscle of devotion and practice. You're keeping your word to yourself. It goes way deeper than those three minutes. So I just want to throw that out there as encouragement. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you just for being such a great example Mm -hmm. for us and a reminder that we are deserving and worthy of these practices and rituals. Mm -hmm. I just feel so honored to have shared this time with you um, and all your wisdom and magic. Um, Since you are in Santa Fe, just real quick, have you gone to Jemez? I went to the, to Jemez mountains. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I have gone there. Yes. I have. I went to the hot, I went to the hot springs there. I haven't gone to the San Antonio hot springs yet, the natural one, but I went Mm -hmm. to the the pool. Did you go? Is that a special place uh, to you? Yeah. That like growing up there, it it was like always where we, I like want to cry. Um, it was just where we would go to like recharge. (laughs) I don't know why I'm crying. Mm. Mm. Let it go. Let it go. Um, it's a big connection to my grandpa too, which is probably why Mm. it stirs up emotion in me, but, um, Mm. it's a very powerful, beautiful healing space. So I just wanted to make sure that you knew of it and had gone to visit or have it as a safety place for you because I feel like it's so powerful. I really do believe you being in New Mexico is is going to just open you up and probably already has began to open you up and heal you in whole new ways that you've yet to experience yet. It really is that that land is medicine and um, you know, they do call it the land of entrapment as we talked before. And, you know, it can feel like a trap sometimes, but if you just get out there, like the nature and, god goddess energy it's all around you out there it is so powerful and potent and blessed and sacred and i i just really have this deep intuition that you are exactly where you're supposed to be and there's a reason why you've been there now for a year and a half uh i'm just excited to see what comes from that for you and and how it continues to help you grow and expand more deeply because it truly is a very powerful place. Um, if people, thank you for that blessing. Yeah. I appreciate. It. Is there? Are you were born and raised here? Uh, no, I've actually moved around like my whole life as well. But my mom, uh, she, my whole family is from Colorado, so that's mostly where uh, we kind of grew up. And then my mom fell in love with New Mexico, and so we moved back and forth a lot. I spent a lot of my like younger years and teenage years growing up there. And it just really, Hamas was always where we went. Like when we just needed a breath of fresh air, you know, when my mom was feeling stressed or overwhelmed, we would 
dig through the couch cushions and find quarters and whatever dollars may have fallen just to like get some gas money and get in the car and go to Hamas and we go to Red Rocks and stop and get the Navajo bread and uh. and just enjoy and that was like a big part of my spiritual practice uh, as a young person like learning to not take from the earth like if you're going to take from the earth you have to give to the earth so we would always stop at Red Rocks and my mom would let us pick like a red rock from there that had fallen but we always had to leave hair behind from our own heads so that we're giving back to the earth and not just taking from it and I don't know it just it's such a beautiful magical place and it's not too far from you so I'm very I glad know. that is you discovered it. Is there a certain place it. in Hemis? Is there like a specific part of Hemis or just the mountains? Uh, just the mountains. I'm try- It's been forever since I've been there. Um, there's a lake out there. I can't think of it right now off the top of my head. That's really beautiful. And then the the hot spring that you hike to is that the one you went to? You like park on the side the- of the road basically, and you hike up a little I- bit. I think that's the San Antonio one, the okay, natural yeah. one. And then there's yeah. like a pool that you pay for that I went to. Okay. No, no, no I mean when I pool. first came here. <laughs> When I first came here, I just came to take a break from LA. And once a year, I feel the need to go on a personal pilgrimage. And since mm-hmm. COVID hit, I stopped doing it overseas. And I, I did Shasta last year, then I did New Mexico this mm-hmm. year. And so, um, yeah, so the first few months, I was just hopping around. I was, I, I really, that, what you were just saying about Hema is what it is for you. Abiquiu came, became that for me. Oh, yeah. Abiquiu um, is wonderful, Abiquiu too. Abiquiu is like, mm-hmm. and I came here to write on my next deck, which is based on the elements, which is, oh, so exciting. since then I had to pause it. <laughs> um, but I did a lot in Abiquiu and really connected to spirit and the elements there. And, and like that, I built a medicine wheel for my mom there that I can oh, go back and visit. Wow. So that place became like really sacred. But Hema, as I saw, I went to Truth uh-huh. or Consequences, mm-hmm. you know, TRC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then like Santa Fe and I kind of hopped all over and then ended up Santa Fe feels like a good middle ground for like living full time. New Mexico is really special. The energy here is intense. Like when I first got here, it was because the history yeah. here is so dynamic and, yeah. and, um, you know, there's a big, strong history here that most Americans don't really know about, but it's like the Spaniards and the Mexicans and the natives. And you just feel this mix it's it's like it's so beautiful and it's also painful. There's a lot of bloodshed here. Yeah, yeah a lot of yeah. a lot of intense stories with like churches with this like Spanish yeah. folklore tone, but then these like native sculptures around. It's so wild mm-hmm. here. It's such an interesting place. Absolutely. Um, I also recommend Ojo Caliente. If you were in Taos, you may I've have done that. There. Okay, that place is beautiful yeah. too. Yeah, I love Ojo, the <laughs> mineral waters there. I know. New Mexico is awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad I am. Lots here. of healing energy for sure and lots of lessons and knowledge to gain from that. Yeah, far more solitary than I'm used to it yeah. <laughs> compared to New York and LA. <laughs> Just from talking to you, I'm actually really curious what your big three are. I was wondering that too. <laughs> astrologically i mean i'm different in vedic astrology than i am in western so but i mostly have gone by western so i'm a leo sun with libra rising libra moon double libra Mm, that makes sense (laughs) 
Okay. Which so part? The sun or the Libra? <laughs> both of them. The like intensity <laughs> of everything, but then like the compassion and mm-hmm. the intensity of the Leo and then like the passion and fairness of the Libra, mm-hmm. I feel like. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so we in, asked- Va- in Vedic, I'm a sun cancer and then a rising Virgo and still Libra sun, which is I still have some wow. I, some of those traits, too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know which <laughs> one to go by sometimes. <laughs> Um, and then we always ask all of our guests, um, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? And that could be your younger self yesterday or, you know, four years old. Oh, geez. Um, I mean, I think I would, I think I would just speak to her in such a loving and empowering way, like really helping her feel powerful in who she is to trust her truth and trust herself. Cause self-doubt's been a big theme that I've had to work through in my life so just about like just just telling her to trust her body's wisdom to trust her inner voice to stay open to her spiritual guidance and just like how loved she is and Mm -hmm. how loved and held and taken care of she is and to just take that with her and to let that fortify her nervous system Mm -hmm. and her spirit and her heart Love that so much. And then our other question is, what is one self-care thing that you just can't live without? Um, I mean, really, like sitting at my altar in the morning. That's my main thing. Like, even if I'm kind of like out of practice in general or kind of like traveling or not feeling it or whatever I might be going through when I'm less in my rhythm I still like just sitting there it just I drop in it's like my sacred little haven Mm -hmm. just as like my little you know lighting a candle sitting at my altar um that's like my one non-negotiable that that I feel like no matter what's going on is a place that I can return to and it can kind of be like the center point amidst all the fluctuations that's so awesome do you like build an altar for yourself when you are traveling then like set something up Typically, oh my, I used to be so bad with that. And now not so bad. I don't want to say so bad, but I just like, I've, I've learned to simplify. Um, sometimes like taking a whole other suitcase. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. I got to like, I have a suitcase of supplements and some altar and then, and then I have a few clothes. But <laughs> um, yeah, I'll usually, so actually the, I'll, I'll take this wood box from the moon deck mm-hmm. and um and so sometimes I'll just like put little things in here as like, mm, a, like a, I'll, really I'll wrap good. stuff in a small piece of fabric or like a little handkerchief or something. And I'll have like my signature, like my main stones, um, maybe a small candle. I don't really worry about that all the time. Um, an oil or two, just anything that I'm really working with yeah. during mm-hmm. that time. And then, um, and I have like one spo- stone actually from Abiquiu that I sit with a lot. So that comes with me everywhere. I have a snake from Peru from years and years ago that comes with me everywhere and then like a deck and maybe like a book or two in my journal. And that's the kind of it. So, um, it depends. Like when I, I still go to this abacue spot to, um, just take a retreat for myself and go back into my, cause that's a space where I was able to enter that feminine that we talked about. Like I'll paint, I'll write poetry, I'll connect to the elements, I'll hike, I'll pray. I'm just off a schedule. The phone hardly works. Like everyone knows I'm unavailable. So that's like I'll bring maybe like a more of an altar for the, something like that because I'm there for several days like for that purpose. 
But if I'm just kind of going and traveling, I'll just bring a couple key pieces. And even then I sometimes challenge myself not to, just so I can like be with the environment that I'm in. Um, but yeah, I'd say the altar is, is important. And when I travel, I try to bring at least a couple of things that just to bring home with me and be able to drop into that space. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to like, not be so attached to our tools that Mm -hmm. we feel like we have to have them to access that, that it's good to like, you know, not use them sometimes and still access that place inside of us and still access that relationship to spirit. Amazing. So I feel like it would be crazy to not ask literally (laughs) the creator of the deck to not pull a card for us. So would you please do the honor of doing the card pull for us today? Absolutely. Wow. What are your, what are your, what are are your big threes? Um, I am Scorpio, sun, cancer, moon, Pisces rising. So very, very, very (laughs) emotional. You're like, oh, I'm sensitive. I'm like, yeah, I know what that's like. I do. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm a Libra, sun, Sagittarius, moon, and Virgo rising. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Cool. Do you know your human design? I don't know mine super well. I actually just had a business meeting. I'm a hairstylist. So I just had like a mentor meeting right before this and was chatting with the woman and she brought it up and she gave, she was saying that she has an amazing person that's done it. I've like typed in all the information, but it's, it's a lot. It's like hard to get into. So I'd love to have somebody else like read it for me. So I kind of understood a little bit. Totally, yeah. No, I get mind. that. I just always forget. This is something I it, definitely am so fascinated by. It is so on point, and and, and the gene keys are a good one too. I've, oh, I yeah, um, so human I design. I'm a projector in human design, and so that's like a very specific. A lot of guides and teachers are projectors, but we are more. We can be more sensitive to energy and mm-hmm. um, need more rest, et cetera, et cetera. So that it's helped me actually, whenever I hire mm-hmm. people, I actually ask them for their human design. So I know how to like work with them. Oh, totally. Um, and, and then Gene Keys is a good one, G-E-N-E. And that one's like, it gets just into the richer, deeper soil mm. of all of it. Yeah. If yeah. you know anybody that is like a human design expert, send them our way because we'd love to interview mm-hmm. them for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, check out, um, she's a friend of mine from New York, Erin, E-R-I-N, Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E. You can see her on Instagram as well. Okay. And um, she'll do your personal blueprint, um, or you can do a one-on-one with her, but I'm sure she, you know, I don't know, she's, you know, I'm sure she'd be a good one to reach out to. All right, let's take a deep breath in. I'll put a good word. We don't talk talk too much (laughs) these days, but... She's that old friend from New York and like I've gotten a reading from her and like we'll cross paths here and there. And awesome. she's like super skilled at what she does. Love it. Um, I just looked mine up and I'm a generator. I think. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Can you like work really long hours? Like no problem. If it's something I care about. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, get in touch with Nick, my friend Nixie Marie. She's one of my close friends. I, I think wrote she that name great. down when you said Feng Shui, uh, right? I think I follow her on Instagram. She's one of my one of my she besties. She has a podcast, and right? She does, okay. and it's morphed and changed over the years. Okay. Her and her husband. Um, I just went to her wedding in Mexico, which was amazing. But they're like basically living on their sailboat, like just sailing all right. over wow. Mexico. So Fantastic. it's Nixie N I X 
i.e. Marie, and she's a good friend of mine, and I can connect you guys, but I think she'd be a great fit as well. We would love that. Let's take a deep breath in. Hmm. Just feeling into your body, into the deeper parts of your being. If you have an intention, you're welcome to set one just within yourself, or you can just be more open to receive. Okay, I'm just, I just picked three cards and we'll just kind of move through them. So the first one, so, so when, I, when I pick three, um, it's, it can be past, present, future, or it can just be like three messages. So I'm just feeling these are three messages for people to take as they desire. But they're, of course, linked because when you pick one card, there's a meaning to that one card and that the fundamental meaning of that card is always there. But when you start to add more cards to that, the story expands, the storyline mm-hmm. expands, the, the meaning starts to take some twists and turns, right? Mm-hmm. So you can combine these as you wish, and I'll get into it a little bit. So the first one we got is the intuition card, mm-hmm. of course, which says, my inner compass knows the way. Mm-hmm. And so I always say to repeat the mantra at least three times in a row. You can do this out loud or quietly within yourself to invoke its greatest power. Not only does it invoke its greatest power, but the reason why we repeat them, and uh, traditionally mantra is a Sanskrit word, and it's it's like syllables or tones or words um, said and chanted in repetition to aid the mind in concentration and absorption, to be absorbed, right? Because mm-hmm. we're so distracted, mm-hmm. it absorbs us. It helps us to concentrate. So that's why we repeat it. Then it's also an affirmation, which is a sentence towards affirming us towards a desired outcome. And that also has the power of an incantation, which Mm -hmm. is like a spell, right? It's something be Mm -hmm. said with conviction, only the words that are needed, no fillers, no if, when, but, you know, just the the conviction of an incantation, the clarity of a spell. And so it's kind of all three of those combined where we have the repetition to aid us in healthier thinking, healthier self-talk, because we're we're looping stuff all the time, right? It's just a matter of, are we observing it? Are we catching it? Are we pivoting it? So saying my inner compass knows the way three times in a row and really feeling that. And so this is the intuition card. This is an ode to so much of what we've talked about mm-hmm. today to really know that our inner guide will never abandon us. Our intuition never went away. It's not going to abandon us, but it does need our love and care. It does need us to pay attention. It does need our recognition, acknowledgement, and validation, just like we all craved when we were children, right? We, we craved that validation. We craved that recognition, and yet we didn't know what to do with like this amazing energy we had. So it's how do we now give that to ourselves? How do we now speak to our inner guide and our intuition with that recognition? And this could be whether it's inner pings, inner voices, inner sensations, or the way that signs and symbols show up in our life around Mm -hmm. us, which I call expanded intuition. So we have embodied intuition Mm -hmm. and we have expanded intuition. And so it's first recognizing it and not writing it off. Mm -hmm. Ah, coincidence, right? None of that anymore. Recognizing Mm -hmm. it, acknowledging it. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
and then validating it. I see you. I trust you. Let's work together. And so that's mm-hmm. like where that self, it's like, it's superfood for our self-worth. Mm-hmm. It's superfood for our self-esteem. And that is the road to deepening our intuition and trusting ourselves again. Mm-hmm. And then the second card we got is, uh, is nourish. And that says conscious eating nourishes me. Conscious eating nourishes me. Conscious eating nourishes me. And so she's holding this bowl of fruit and vegetables and figs and all this beauty. And, you know, every card in the moon deck has a moon symbol. Some are more hidden. Some are more obvious. This is a little crescent. Yeah, every single one. And um, and so conscious eating nourishes me as she's holding this bowl of abundance, fruit, vegetables, nourishment, like a bounty. It can certainly speak in a very straightforward way. How are we taking care of our physical body? Are we putting things into our body that serve us? Are we putting things into our body that build us up, that, you know, don't diminish our light, that make us feel good? So it can be very literal about self-care on that level. And it can also be metaphoric. Okay, conscious eating nourishes me. What am I taking in? Mm-hmm. What am I digesting? Because I ha- once it's in, I have to, something has to digest it. Like something's going to happen to it. Mm-hmm. And so... What kind of information are we taking in? How long are we scrolling? What Mm -hmm. kind of people and conversations are we surrounding ourselves with? What are we drinking? What are we eating? What are we taking in intellectually, physically, emotionally, energetically, spiritually? And so it can also be looked at that, like, is it nourishing us? Is it conscious? Mm -hmm. So it's time to like get out of autopilot because like, you know, it's nice to veg and be on autopilot sometimes, don't get me wrong. But like, Mm -hmm. are we operating from that place more frequently? Or are we doing, because it's not easy to change habits, to pull ourselves out of the sticky, to pull ourselves out of the beliefs that don't serve us and start to shift. Because when we start to shift, we'll feel a momentum, but that cap will come. Mm-hmm. The, the callus will grow over. We've got to scrub it down again. The, the fear or the comfort or the old beliefs, it's like as soon as that momentum comes, sometimes something comes in to try to disrupt that. So there is that strength and that resilience that is formed in how we choose to consciously nourish ourselves back to those ritual threads that I spoke about. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece, which is super lovely, is sensuality. Mm. It is safe and beautiful to express my sensuality. The symbol here is a little new moon. Um, It is safe and beautiful to express my sensuality. It is safe and beautiful to express my sensuality. And to really feel these words, especially this one, because it can be more tender for some of us. It is safe and beautiful to express my sensuality of like where in our body feels that effortlessly, where in our body feels shut off to that. And, you know, if things happened in our life where we stopped feeling safe in our beauty or safe in our sensuality or safe in our sexuality, like how do we become how do we feel safe in ourselves with that? And so sensuality does not need to uh, equal sexuality. Sure, it could be about how are we in our with our sensual partner, mm-hmm. our lovers. It can certainly go into that area. But sensuality is also, you know, adorning your home with flowers mm-hmm. and beautiful scents and taking care of our environment and cleaning it and clearing it and like you know, building our altar, tending. When we tend to our altar, we're feeding it. When we feed it, we're therefore feeding our relationship to spirit, feeding our relationship to our higher self, our future self, feeding that part of us that knows how to be center, that knows how to be calm, even if it's just for those five minutes in the morning that we're always revisiting that. And so that's sensual. It's this this sensual relationship with spirit, with our rituals, with our bodies, like, you know, 
oiling yourself after showers and baths, that's sensual. Mm. Going outside and like touching the leaves and observing nature, that's like nature is so freaking sensual mm. when you look around and look at it. And of course, the sensuality that we feel with others. But, you know, it's it's really, I would say with this card and with the conversation we're having today is really like, can we feel safe and beautiful in our own sensuality with ourselves, the way we use anointing oils, the way we put flowers in our home, the way we, you know, touch our altar, the way we connect with nature, um, the way we vulnerably connect with our girlfriends, like it doesn't have to be sexual. So even how we dress and adorn ourselves Mm -hmm. and like bringing a little sensual like color and nature into that and starting to be like, okay, like, can I feel at home in beauty again? Can I feel at ease in my beauty? And how can I express that in a way that feels authentic to me? Mm-hmm. So so we Amazing. got intuition, beautiful. intuition, nourish, and sensuality. And it's almost as if the inner guide, like my inner compass knows the way, like remembering that, right? Recognize, acknowledge, validate, em- embodied and expanded intuition, nourish ourselves in that journey, by what we're putting into our body, what we're putting into our energy field, like what we're allowing in, um, being more discerning. We talked a lot about discernment today, being more selective and really tuning in what does and doesn't feel good and getting to starting to trust that. And then that's all leading to this like freedom in our sensuality, mm-hmm. this freedom in our beauty, this ability to feel safe as women in the world today, who by nature are inherently sensual and and have beauty and have intuition just because that's part of the gift of being a woman and we can now start to live in that gift and stop feeling like we have to muffle it or um you know shame it or keep it small Mm -hmm. right and it doesn't mean it has to be explosive either that's going to be very different for each woman how they express Mm -hmm. that and all of it's allowed the full range is allowed and we can give our full range permission to exist and be expressed Mm -hmm. in our own terms so yeah that's the reading for today (laughs) that was very beautiful thank you so much for blessing us with your gifts and your magic and just sharing so vulnerably and openly with us Mm -hmm. today and i mean i'm just so grateful and happy yeah amazing yeah (laughs) turned on (laughs) it was great (laughs) Um, amazing if people would like to find you uh how can they connect with you uh, the best way would be on Instagram. We're very accessible there. Um, the moon, the underscore moon deck. There's a lot of scammy accounts of out course. there. So just make sure you go to ours. Um, yeah, the moon deck.com, just the mm-hmm. moon deck, anywhere you search on any platform, that's where you'll find us. Um, and then Arana Leah, my on Instagram, it's Arana, A-A-R-O-N-A, like Aaron with an mm-hmm. A at the end dot L-E-A. Um, so that's the best way to find us. And I, I'm in there with my small team. Like we're constantly personally seeing it. We are a small, very hands-on business. So you will reach me or uh, Rose, my assistant or other parts of my team. And then, yeah, that's it. If anyone has, oh, we have a, uh, I don't know if this will be launched. We have a free this class this Thursday Wednesday. night. Yeah. Tomorrow? Uh, oh, wait, this, this Wednesday. Yeah, this Wednesday. We're oh, cool. So right Thursday. March 2nd, there's a free class with me that anyone's welcome to come to where we go deeper into the moon deck and into the intuitive oracle training. And then the training starts March 16th, which is just two weeks from now. And that will be a game changer for anyone who Mm -hmm. comes in, takes it seriously, really shows up and completes it. Mm -hmm. Um, And to sign up for that, is that through the website? 
That's through the website. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah, we're actually offering a couple scholarships. So that will oh. be in our newsletter this week. And then, um, but yeah, the investment's well worth it and will affect one's personal and professional life um, in pretty big ways, as long as, like anything, they show yeah. up and, and, and show up fully. And then, of course, the new moon circles, uh, which are, you know, less of an investment and more of just like just to come every month and join in circle, join in community and actually carve out the space to do that level of, of writing and meditation and connection. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, go hug a tree. Uh, <laughs> journal. Or walk barefoot in the snow. There we yes. go. Journal. <laughs> I do that when I need an attitude adjustment. I just go barefoot yeah. in the snow. <laughs> nice little amazing. shock to the system. <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us today. We're so grateful. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. And thank you for just hosting this space for these conversations to happen. It's a good service to, I'm sure, many women. Our pleasure. Yes, truly. <laughs> Find us on TikTok and Instagram at Waking Up the Witch. Please email us your witchy stories, ghost stories, corrections, and advice questions to wakingupthewitch at gmail.com. Love you. Love you.